Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Yes, welcome in to your home for daily Vikings entertainment, daily training camp, breakdowns, and fodder. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. In fact, a bunch of people have recommended. Have you guys uh, seen this new YouTube docuseries that's out? Of Dorktown? From From Dorktown Productions? Yeah. Yep. It just uh, came out, part one of like a seven-part Vikings historical breakdown. I'm no. like 15 minutes into the first part. It's really good. I, I haven't I haven't seen the Vikings one. I saw their Mariners one like two or three years ago. That's also was like really critically acclaimed and really good. Um, yeah. So they do really good work, but I need to watch the Vikings one. So this one, uh, yeah, it's, it's the Secret Base YouTube channel, and it's the history of the Minnesota Vikings. Episode one kind of focuses on the 1960s, and then they kind of go through, but... It talks a lot about, at least in the first, like, 15 minutes, it talks a lot about how it goes through all of the NFL teams over the decades and their win, their plus-minus win differential historically in the regular season. And it shows you, like, the 15, 16, 17 teams that, are, that have lost more games than they've won, and it's got this big graph with, like, all the teams going across. And then it starts to show, here's all the teams that have won more games than they've lost. You know, Packers and Steelers and Cowboys or whatever. And the Vikings had, last year, the Vikings surpassed the Patriots in win differential historically. They have the the, the third widest win differential gap of any team in NFL history. And these guys who aren't Vikings fans, these guys just found that to be extremely fascinating, as we do, because... How do you not have a Super Bowl? Well, what are all the things that have happened in your franchise to be this successful? And to, and they even pointed out, look at some of the other graphs. The Cowboys took a nosedive in the 80s, and the Patriots took a nosedive over here. The Vikings have no nosedives. They just keep like competing and winning, but never winning the whole thing. And the Patriots were bad for a long time. Like yeah. pre-Belichick, they would pop up and down, but they were awful. Um, hell, the Packers for two decades were terrible. And, yeah, you're exactly right. The Vikings have been mediocre quite a few times. But as we've talked about uh, on this show a lot, if you go back through their history, there are very, very few just awful years, just, like, absolutely terrible, especially once Butt Butt arrived in 67. Like, that team went up, and it's never really come down. Les Stucco got fired after one year. Of three and thirteen because that was so like oh my god this is you know this doesn't happen to us so it is it's super yeah. weird all of the coaches since Bud Grant 
when they've had the embarrassing season, that's the end, and then a new coach comes in, right? So Les Deckel, oh, yours was the first year. You're gone. Bud comes back. And Jerry Burns never really had an embarrassing season, right? He never had, like, the three- or four-win season. And then Denny Green comes in and coaches for, like, ten years, and then, oh, there's the embarrassing one. Denny's gone. And then Mike Tice, it was more, it was less like, like they were competitive. The embarrassment was more like love boat and behavioral stuff. And then he was gone. Childress, yep. one embarrassing season, gone. And then Frazier, one embarrassing season. Zimmer, again, like didn't really have the embarrassing season. It was just time for a change. So, yeah. So check it out. It's uh, the Secret Base YouTube channel. And I'll probably just like, as, as long as episodes are coming out, I'll probably just binge them as they come out. But, uh, this show, we're going to get into a few things. Judd's, Judd's camp notes sort of from a distance because they just had a walkthrough yesterday. Uh, but the show is presented by our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. And we are here to tell you guys we have discovered perhaps the best burger in Minnesota. At Burger Press in Edina, just off 494 and France Avenue. So this is this is actual footage right here of old Macadac. This is right. These two Nathan's hot dogs did not stand a chance, as you see on the YouTube channel. Some of the most delicious gourmet burgers you're gonna find. Uh, but I would describe it as sort of fast casual. So it's it's you know you get in, you get out, easy for lunch. And one of the coolest parts: this is an independently owned and operated. Burger shop owned and operated by Minnesota sports fans. They are score North fans. This is not a chain. You can support local by going to burger press in Edina. Awesome wings as well. Crispy chicken sandwiches. Uh, you got to try the, the milkshakes as well. Macadac has to be a little careful with dairy, yeah. but although you I, are sometimes careless, let's oh, be I honest gamble. about Macadac. Like you take oh, yeah. chances. I would never take if I have to drive home. There's so I'm with Phil here. I assume all risks with those foods. Like you know, like the disclaimer of assume all risks. That is no problem. If that's gonna if that's gonna cause some stomach issues later on, sign me up. But Macadac knows risks. his problems, Dex, and he's still like like so he, he's had Tommy John and he's still trying to throw <laughs> 105. It's like Macadac. No, I will. I will very calculatedly. If it's like a Friday, you know, late in the day or a Saturday, and I know that I can be comfortably home, I will consume dairy even if it destroys me. <laughs> So check them out at, uh, again, uh, 494 in France Avenue, Indiana. It's Burger Press. It's fantastic. Let us know what you think. Before we get to some Judd's Camp Notes, we also have a random Viking of the Week. I want to ask you a question. I was uh, perusing around the national TV shows this morning, just kind of prepping for our shows. Excuse me. And they had one of the ESPN panels with their NFL experts. You know, it was like Diana Russini and, you know, who was the other one? Damian Woody was one of them and a couple others. And they had a question on the screen. Whose stock in the NFL are you selling high on? And it could selling. be a team or a player. So, like, one of them sold high on Daniel Jones. That he, They think Daniel Jones' stock is going to come down. It's a good one. They had four people on the panel. Two of them. So half the panel said Minnesota Vikings. They are selling off their Minnesota Vikings stock. They're going to sell high on a 13-win team from last year. Is that... A wise football investment to sell high on last year's Minnesota Vikings. I sort of get it because the the model itself is unsustainable. But here's where I would argue that I think it might 
not be a wise investment. As we've talked about, if this team has made the the advancements both offensively and defensively that we expect, the model won't be replicated. So, like, yes, I get I get selling the 13-win, what, 11-1 score games, eight fourth-quarter comebacks. I get selling that, but I don't think that's the model. And so if I, if I was to pick a, a thing to sell, I am selling all my Detroit Lions stock right here and now because mm-hmm. I don't trust them way more. I trust the Vikings to actually craft a different storyline. 13 wins, no. But I don't think you're going to see – it's not going to be like, well, we got lucky last year, and now we're going to become a complete mess. So I would argue that in the NFC North, I'd be selling Detroit because I don't trust them way more than I don't trust the Vikings. I mean, if you're just looking at the vacuum of last season's statistics and, and production, then yes, you would sell the Vikings because they're a 13-win team and a bunch of clutch performances. But right now they're an eight-and-a-half-win team in Vegas. So, like – to me, if right. you're going into this, like, why would you sell something that's an eight and a half win team? If, if you want to sell something to me, it's a team that's been really good. That's going to come down to earth or a team that's overachieved consistently. So like San Francisco, although a really good roster has had quarterback issues. I would probably sell San Francisco. I would sell Buffalo Bills who have been on the doorstep here for four straight years, like but also one. a roster that gets older, right? Like that cool. to me is selling the real stock. It's not selling a team that's projected to be eight and a half wins and maybe clawing to be the division champions. I see. Yeah, I, 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 we need to talk to the producers of this yeah. ESPN segment here. What What do you mean by sell high? If it's survey the NFL fan and media landscape, do you think this is a thirteen win team again? Well, I would I would fire back. How many teams win thirteen games in back to back seasons historically? Anyways, besides like the dynasty, but even the dynasty Patriots would bounce down yeah. to twelve or eleven. Mm-hmm. From time to time, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of a dynasty. So basically, if you're not a dynasty, you're probably not winning 13 games in back to back seasons. So we can start there. But you could I think you could you could sell high on the 13. Do I think they're going to win 13? Probably not. But could they come in above eight and a half? Like I would like right now, I'm probably taking the over on the eight and a half that the Declan's seeing at some of these sports books. So it kind of depends on. Where are you selling from? Like if the if it's a, if the stock's at eight and a half, I'm buying. If the stock's at thirteen on almost any team, if the, like I wouldn't buy thirteen for the Chiefs. You know, like is there a team in the NFL where you would say, "Hey, I'm going to put my money on them winning thirteen games on a seventeen game schedule"? I don't know. I feel like the Vikings are um, a pretty safe stock too. Like if, if I'm if I'm going to participate in that drill, like Dex is right. Sell on Buffalo. That takes some intestinal fortitude. And I could see them with digs there and sort sort of weird things. I could see them yeah. dro- dropping off for sure. It feels like the Vikings are sort of a boring team to sell on. Like, like it's like it's like you've got this safe stock sitting there, and one day you're like, I'm gonna sell this stock. It's like, no, Daniel Jones makes perfect sense. Yeah. The Vikings are Daniel a bond. Jones just... makes perfect sense too. Because <laughs> Nobody in this league is going to miss Easy Ed Donatel more than Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think Daniel Jones. It depends though. Like he didn't have that great of a season. He was just sort of competent. Yeah, so except I don't know that I would sell stock on. Is he going to get worse? I don't know. He's probably just well, going to be the same. Yeah, I think that contract was a mistake. I would not have given him that contract. Yeah, and and the weird vibes that it, this is the thing too. Like you pay him, but then Saquon Barkley sitting over here, right? And 
Now, like, would I pay a running back? Probably not, but, you know. But Sa- kind of Saquon saying, I made him. And Saquon might be right. Look, like, Saquon Barkley is is might have been the only running back that I saw last year in person at U.S. Bank Stadium where I'm like, whoa. Like, he did some stuff. Like, ordinarily, you know, runs and stuff are fine. But Saquon Barkley with the football is sort of a hybrid type of player. Yeah. So I, I think he would say, hold on a second here. You paid Daniel Jones, but I helped make him. So I'm with you. There could definitely be some weird fallout vibes, especially if Jones struggles now. Um, just quickly, back to, to what Phil opened the show with, because I suspected this. I looked it up. It's an incredible It's an incredible snapshot of the Vikings who are going into, I believe, their 62nd season, okay? Do you realize that they have never had the first overall pick based on ineptitude? Yep. In 1961, as an expansion franchise, they got the first pick. In 1968, because of the Tarkington trade with the Giants, they took Ranieri with the first pick. They have never by record in 60-plus years hey. qualified for the first pick because of their own ineptitude, even in their worst seasons. Let's hang the banner. Get the flag. Never done it. Never done hang it, ladies banner. and gentlemen. And it's training camp. That's Before right. I die, baby. Before I die. At least yep. we've at least we've never finished last. Yep. The official the official Put it beer up on the side of the stadium. The official beer of our show and head coach Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, yeah, that's right. Kevin O'Connell making the media rounds on KFXN, talking about how fans uh, fans approach him at Home Depot, saying, "Coach, just one before I die." That's awesome. The Purple Daily Army runs very wide at Home Depot, and we appreciate that. We are going to attempt to deliver a, a can of said beer to the coach today because I think he know I think he needs to know how oh, ingrained yes there, there's he, he's got a press conference before the night scrimmage and I'm going to attempt to get get him a can so he just understands how like ingrained before I die is like it's I, not just I think he thought oh these people are all sort of coming up and saying the same thing that's sort of odd and he can't know right I need so to I think see Judd walking past yeah, security at Twin Cities Orthopedic no, Performance Center with a can of beer in his I have hand, already, a little bit disheveled. I have already <laughs> informed some of my friends, some of my longtime friends in PR, of my intention, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's cool. Dude, I, I was telling you this the other day when I was at camp on Monday or whatever day it was, and uh, you were kind of showing me because that's the first time I had been at, I had been at the Mankato facility for a decade, but this is the first time I had been inside the ropes with you as a credentialed media member at this facility. And so I didn't really know like, okay, how can you get over to that side? You got to go through security here. And then some of the security guards kind of just like, they don't really know who's supposed to go where. So I got blocked in an, from an area where I was actually supposed to have access to at one point, but it, cause it was 90 degrees outside. I had a, a bottle of smart water and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but smart water has transitioned a lot of their plastic bottles to like the, the silver cans. Like the they they literally look like, you know, like a Coors Light can or something that you right. would find with the twist top. Right. So I'm I'm walking I'm walking back after getting rejected from going to where you were on the side fields by where the offense is. And I'm kind of walking through like the fans, and uh, I go past the security guard back to the safe media area, and he puts a hand on me. He's like, "Whoa, you can't bring a beer in here." You're like, and I, I was like, "What? Oh, it's a water." I can too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I get Watch like me. they're rejecting me because they think I'm some schlep, and then they think I'm bringing a beer into the media awesome. area on the practice field. I just want, 
I just want to go see if the Kirk Cousins is playing. <laughs> Is that Justin Jefferson? Jefferson, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. You start doing a gritty in front of the guard. Yeah. You yes, just past him. Just do the gritty. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what I should have done. Yeah. So can we – I know they, they did a walkthrough, and uh, I don't think you were out there. It was just kind of a walkthrough. But can we kind of zoom out here now that you've taken in, like, a sure. week of training camp practice and just go through some, like, high-level Judd's camp notes or thoughts? Because now it's like, all right, there's been a week of practice. We got the big primetime night practice tonight. We got, what, the first game is in a week, I think, Thursday. week and a half. Mm-hmm. A, so week a week from, from today. Oh, today in Seattle. Yep. You're so give us, uh, give us a few, like, big picture perspective camp notes from watching the first week at Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. All right. I love this, and um, I, I will give you big picture. And I will start with this. I'm going to start with linebacker, okay? Because I feel like we, we haven't talked a lot about this, and I'm, talk, I'm not talking about the pass rushers. I'm talking about the inside linebackers, Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks last year, Brian Asamoah and Jordan Hicks this year. So I think Phil would agree from his time at practice that this defense, what they're going to do is largely, I think, going to be based on speed, deception, um, but there is certainly going to be, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, there's certainly going to be some youth out there. Like, this is not going to be a bunch of long-in-the-tooth veterans, nor can it be because the speed that's going to be required, you can't just be like, it's Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith, and we're going to run this back. So, wisely, they are not going to. But I think one thing that has stood out to me is this. Um Jordan Hicks, who is going to be the green dot guy. So that's the guy that gets the calls, defensive calls. I would take it from Brian Flores into his helmet. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan Hicks is going to play a lot. Jordan Hicks is going to be relied on a lot. And I'm very curious to see how this turns out because I don't know if it's because he was not put in a position to succeed enough last year. But, you know, the linebacker play, quite frankly, often didn't look great. Um, and, and I suspected part of it was because you were going with two veterans because when Asamoah got his chance, like his speed was obvious. And Brian Asamoah is going to be an important part here. But don't don't think or sleep on Jordan Hicks as far as his role. My theory is this. My theory is that on the back end of the defense, Harrison Smith is basically going to be a coach on the field slash an instigator. Um, but Jordan Hicks, I think it's going to play very much or the intention is to have him play the same, that same role from the linebacker um, position. So don't be surprised if Jordan Hicks plays a ton of snaps that if Brian Asamoah comes off the field at times and Jordan Hicks does not, I think Brian Flores is going to put a lot on Jordan Hicks plate because there's going to be, there's going to be a certain complexity that they do need some veterans. Yeah, I, and I'm going to defend Jordan Hicks a little bit here, too. He was better than people thought last year, but it's because he was really good in the run game. Now, as a defense, the Vikings were largely bad in the run game, but where Jordan Hicks got dinged a lot, and it was even more glaring because he was playing next to Eric Kendricks, who was also slowing down and aging, was in the, the coverage game. So uh, if you if you go, and this is just this is just PFF's perspective, there's probably other people that would have you know, different scouting opinions on this, but of the 89 qualified inside linebackers in the NFL, Jordan Hicks ranked 13th in run defense grade, which is pretty damn good. 
Uh, they also have a tackling grade on here for these linebackers, and he was 11th out of 89 in tackling grade. Uh, he only had a 6% missed tackle rate last year. We'll hit the football, football sound for that one. That's right. Yeah. Coverage was a whole different story for Jordan Hicks. Out of the 89 qualified linebackers, inside linebackers, he was 65th in coverage grade, and opposing quarterbacks would... Uh, you saw with your own two eyes would sort of carve him up for a 119 passer rating when targeting someone in his vicinity. So how many times did we make the joke during the season where if you could change the Vikings logo, it would be like aging linebackers trailing a running back or a tight end over the middle of the field. But the fact that he can still be effective as a run-stopping linebacker and maybe this system and playing next to a faster, younger, more spry Brian Asamoah, yes. maybe those things help Jordan Hicks going into his second year with the Vikings. Wanna, I think you just want to hope that he has the speed to keep up in this defense, right? Like that's what we've been talking about with not just having the right players, but do they have the scheme and the, and the speed to keep up? And does Jordan Hicks fit that bill? Which I think the correct answer is no, but maybe because he's a veteran, you can't, you can't just trust so many unproven guys that the Vikings are basically doing on this right. defense too. Well, one thing that's really important with this defense, you know, when, you know, how many times have we talked in the first week of practice about, they love to crowd the line of scrimmage. They'll bring, they'll they'll have a single high safety back, bring Harrison Smith up, or maybe they're maybe they have maybe it's literally like no safeties back, but linebackers sitting up in that a gap right when the ball is snapped. If you're not coming on a blitz, you got to make up five or ten yards of ground because instead of standing back five, eight, ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, you might have to bail back into coverage and play catch up. So that's something to work on or to, to watch, I guess, with Jordan Hicks this year. And get your finger, please, on the football button because what I'm about to say is going to blow your mind. The big nickel comes into play here as well. The big football. nickel. So one thing the big I've noticed the big Nickel, which, of course, starring as the big Nicholas Josh Metellus. Um, Nick, 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 Josh Metellus. <laughs> big nickel package. Anyway, what, they, what they're doing is they're taking a defensive lineman off the field or a, a lineman off the field. So Hicks and Asamoah are staying. So if you're in big nickel and they pass... I would argue that there's probably some type of option where Metellus, because because he is the nickel, is playing a hybrid role that really makes him a linebacker. So maybe the reliance, like if you have, if you basically th- think of the big nickel as Metellus being a linebacker in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. That gives you Asamoah and Metellus out there. And so Hicks's responsibilities from what we're talking about a year ago, a season ago, probably shrink a little bit as far as being burned in coverage. So I do think that there's a bunch of options here, but it's just become it's become very clear that I think there's a enormous trust in Jordan Hicks and Harrison Smith, because to Dex's point, you can't just send all kids out, out there and hold your breath and hope. So it's going to be a very interesting dance here. Yeah. Real quick on the football sounder. So someone hit us up yesterday football. on Twitter, but they were out at Vikings practice like yesterday or two days ago, and they were talking to each other, like watching practice, and one of them said to the other, like, football, you know, they like did the, the football sounder, and then someone sitting behind them said, did you just do the football sounder? Oh, I listen to Purple Daily, you know, too. So that's awesome. Football. If you guys are yelling the football sounder at Vikings practice, then you are truly a member of the Purple Daily 
lifestyle and community. Absolutely. All right. On to another football thing that I have seen. So I think the quarterback competition is very clearly, without a preseason game being played yet, heck, without a night practice yet, which is going to take place at TCO tonight, I think it's clearing itself up. I think it's clearing itself up, and I think here's how it falls. Um, Because I do think there's competition left, but I think the amount of people in the competition is changing. So Byron Murphy Jr., my guess, is for sure starts outside, and my guess is at the start of the season moves inside, in the traditional nickel, not to be confused with the big nickel starring Josh Metellus. Okay. Uh, Caleb Evans, um, hopefully, because he had three concussions last year, can avoid those problems. Uh, Caleb Evans, I think, is very much in control. There is nothing that indicates that he is not a starting outside corner as well. Um, Joan Williams started training camp as the outside corner when Murphy went inside in the traditional nickel. But in the last practice I was at, Makai Blackman got some of the run, both outside and inside, and they clearly like him. What, third-round pick back in April? Um, We talked about this, I think, on yesterday's show. Andrew Booth Jr. was injured and left practice. I don't expect him to practice tonight. He can't stay healthy. It's a problem. But even before that, he was very clearly Outside, I think right corner, second team. And this is this reminds me a little bit of the Lewis Seen thing a year ago, because a year ago, coming into camp as a rookie, Lewis Seen did not get a sniff of first team. He might have worked a couple reps, but I mean, it was very clear that that job had been won in OTAs and the um, mandatory mini camp as well. I think we're seeing a repeat here. So no matter what booth status is from a health standpoint, I think the only competition is how quickly and how much Makai Blackman is going to press Joan Williams, who I think because he's a veteran does start the season okay. as the outside as an outside guy. I think he does. Um, but I think as far as the competition, because Booth, you know, second round pick. So you, you would have expected that he would have competed for a starting job. I yeah. think Booth, barring injuries to other guys, has no shot at starting the season. I think he's going to be a backup or ho- hopefully not on the injured list. Uh, do you have any sort of context so far for how Byron Murphy has looked in practice? Just kind of watching with your own. Has he stood I out mean, one way or the other? Or it's, not it's really. It's hard to tell because it's okay. Yeah, and I've, I've watched the um, cornerback receiver drills, and I mean, I, I've seen him go against – Jefferson, shockingly, he got beat. Yeah. But, no, it's hard to tell. It, it's probably not fair to judge. Uh, I guess my biggest concern with him is the fact that he missed a good portion of last season because of injury. Yeah. And the depth here is not great. Like, there's not a lot of no, depth it's... here. So, But I do think it's worth noting that a week into training camp, I don't think Andrew Booth has had a shot at a starting role coming into camp. It's really, really clear that, Williams and Blackman might compete, but that's probably it. And uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead with your uh, with your camp notes here, but is Lewis Seen still very firmly entrenched with the twos? Like they're mixing in in big nickel. They're bringing Metellus, and totally. you got Bynum and Harrison Smith, and Seen is getting no sniffs of any of that, right? With the first team, Snee- uh, uh, Seen and Metellus are the second team traditional safeties. So and I don't think I've seen seen say that fast. Seen, seen. I don't think 
Cecine. I don't think I've seen that um, in any practice where, where he has gotten first team reps. Now he might have mixed in, and I missed it. But as yeah. far as anything substantial, Phil, since they put pads on on Monday and started, you know, actual like competitive team drills, I have not seen that. So I, I think he is mm-hmm. very firmly a special teams guy and a backup safety. So that draft is still very much. I'm still giving it the full year. I want to see yeah. a whole year play out. And once we get done with the full second season, we can start to kind of drill down and judge that draft. But yes, Lewis Seen was the first ever Quasi draft pick. Right now, going into his second year, he is really, unless there's an injury, nowhere near starting. Correct. Andrew Booth Jr. is kind of the same way. Injuries are probably the biggest reason, but you know he's not. Even if he was healthy, he wasn't guaranteed a starting spot, right? That's but the fourth-round pick is, so... Fourth round interesting. So, yeah, Canada Ed Ingram others. started all year last year, but he was also probably the worst starting right guard in the NFL. But we'll yeah. see, given this year. Brian Asamoa could play a key role here if he – that's a third-round pick, right? And then a Caleb Evans, if he becomes a starter for you, awesome. Um, I'm just looking through, like, the other handful. You know, Jalen Naylor is on this list, Ty Chandler. So there's, there's still hope here. They drafted yeah. 10 players in 2022. But it obviously looks bad when your first three picks in the first two rounds are all either backups or busts at this point. So, but yeah. let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think the scene. I think the problem there is that that Quasi bailed so far back because because he was at twelve and he yeah. bailed to the last pick and then like it's weird too because there, there's a very good case to be made that drafting a safety at that point didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. And so I think the top end of that draft is going to cause a perception that the draft stunk, which might not be totally true. Well, what's kind of amazing now, and we knew this at the time, too, but I was trying to give the guy the benefit that, you know, he he had no reason. There's no reason for us to not say, all right, well, you know, let him put his fingerprints on this thing and see. But the thing that you thought on draft night a year and a half ago was, huh, they already have Harrison Smith and I believe Cam Bynum, right? Yeah. Like they had those guys at the time and they still have those guys right now, you know, two years after the draft and they're both blocking Lewis seen. Although I think if Lewis, if Lewis seen was good enough, if he was a first round pick caliber, Cam player, Bynum he probably would have surpassed Cam Bynum, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and this is now uh, two defensive coordinators, one incompetent, one competent who have agreed. Like, if Donatel and Flores in evaluations agree, the player's probably a suspect. Yeah. Super interesting. So. Super interesting. Um, But long story short, don't draft a safety in the first round. Unless it's a surefire Canton Hall of Famer, don't draft a safety in the first round. Also, you know. You can find safeties. And we're, you know, we're, again, we're jumping it here to call anyone a bust before their second year, but. You know, process-wise, drafting a guard in the second round. I think if you're drafting a safety in the first round and a guard in the second round, you better be freaking damn sure that those guys are plug-and-play starters from day one. Yeah, right? I disagree. Yes, you're right. If you're drafting a running back in the first round. If you're drafting a non a linebacker, a non-premium position in today's NFL in the first or second rounds, it better just be like, well, this guy was ten by 10 slots was the best player on our draft board. Yeah. So... All right, you got any other big picture uh, oh, yeah. notes here? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, let's talk quarterback. Okay. <laughs> because I came on here, and and you know what? I'm not going to back off. 
uh, in one-on-one drills, when the pocket is not collapsing, of course, that's not how football is really played. Jared Hall does have a very good arm. I'm very impressed. It's not that it's that strong, mm-hmm. but it's accurate. Um, but just to be very, very clear, a week into training camp, I can basically promise you Nick Mullins, who hasn't always looked great himself, has this team made. Nick Mullins is going to be Jaron Hall, and Phil saw, saw uh, firsthand evidence of this. Jaron Hall is not prepared. Like, so this whole thing of, well, he could back up maybe someday. That's absolutely true. Uh, but Kevin O'Connell, who lives and dies with a quarterback, if, and it doesn't, it hasn't happened, but you can't assume it won't. If Kirk gets hurt, you can't send Jaron Hall into a game right now. Yeah, but it's also more than just that. Like, that is that is the first reason why you're right. Nick Mullins is going to be the backup quarterback. And Jaron Hall, he's flashed a little bit here and there, but he's he's like a full year of molding before you would you would not want to put him into a game, I don't think, this year. you know. But beyond that part of it, Kirk Cousins – kind of treats backup quarterbacks like assistant coaches. That's why he loved having Sean Mannion around. Mannion was a great sounding board for him, a great study partner for him, and kind of an assistant coach in the room. And even yesterday at Kirk's press conference, I don't know if you guys caught this clip, where Kirk mentions they were kind of asking about coming out with the number 66 jersey, the Ryan Wright jersey, and he was like, you know, I just, you know, training camp can be kind of monotonous, and so I like to come out here and provide some comedic relief once in a while, and goof around and tell jokes. But then he said, I did tell Nick Mullins, Hey, if I'm getting a little too goofy and if I'm, you know, if I'm going a little bit too far, I want you to rein me in. And, and yeah. Is he going to come on the clown But he's, you know, he's telling Nick Mullins, man, you know, Hey, he, he talks about Nick Mullins yes. as if Nick is kind of like his assistant coach or something or his, which you, right? you, you kind of, when you, when you're as durable as Kirk is, the backup is there to sort of help service your studying and everything else. And even in quarterback, the Netflix series, you know, he's talking about how, yeah, Nick Mullins kind of taught me to use my phone to record the play calls into so I could, you know, internalize them faster and then spit them out. So uh, I think there's other guys, you know, like the Tom Brady's of the world. It doesn't really make, he's looking at Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels historically as his sounding boards and whatnot. It doesn't really matter if it's Ryan Mallett or R.I.P. Yeah, or uh, Kevin say, O'Connell or Ryan Jimmy Mallett. G. You know, yeah. But uh, so that's that's another reason why you're not going to rip Nick Mullins out of the fabric of this thing because he is clearly an important sidekick for Kirk behind the scenes. Unfortunately, too, uh, uh, Phil Kirk's, Kirk was asked about Jaron Hall. His response did not lead me to believe we're going to get a story. Anytime soon about he's him mentoring, mentoring Jaron Hall. Hall. His response was, "Oh man, he's a you know he's had a lot thrown at him. He's a basically it was the the old. I wonder if he's going to sink or swim, but I ain't throwing him the preserver, oh, the life preserver. Come on, Kirk. So I don't think we're going to get the I'm mentoring him. And and look, I mean, Kirk is busy. Kirk is Kirk is very clearly worried about Kirk and the first team, mm. which he should be." But I don't, that response did not, because he didn't say, you know, I'm working with them or we're talking at night. I think he just said, yeah, he's an important part of our, our room, which means he probably shuts up and listens. So, which is what he probably should do. Yeah. Just and I think consume. you're spot on, though. I think, I think the fact that Kirk, I think Kevin O'Connell knows too, Kirk's personality is probably best to, to have a quarterback, a, a veteran backup that he sees as a complete ally. 
Yeah, that's and a really wanna, good point. I want to make a distinction because I did compare Sean Mannion. Is it, if if Nick Mullins had to play in a game or play for a month, Wouldn't the Vikings have a much better chance yeah. to win football games with Nick Mullins than they did with Sean Mannion. Oh yeah, just to be clear, he's a better backup all over the place. Yeah. Last one, the running back position, and I guess I I will I will form this as a question: Is the depth chart? clearing itself up Hmm. because Hmm. obviously Dalvin Cook's replacement is Alexander Madison. And that being said, we don't know. I mean, I don't think that Alex is going to carry the ball as much as Cook did, but there's no question that he is atop the depth, the depth chart written in ink. After that though, with uh, Kane Wangwu missing practice a couple of days ago, and I'm not sure if he's going to take part in the night practice tonight or not, but if he missed a day, I won't be surprised if he does not. Um, I, I told you guys coming out of the off-season camps that I could have made a case that the depth chart then went Madison, Wangwu, Chandler, McBride. Well, with Kane out, I think that might start to clear things up a bit. And this, of course, depends on if, if he's out for, you know, three days, a week, two weeks. But mm-hmm. um, Ty Chandler got all the work in practice a couple of days ago. I saw him fumble a ball. That can't happen. But that being said... Uh, I think right now, if you saw the depth chart, it would definitely go Madison, Chandler, Wong Wu, and McBride sort of the wild card because the, the fact that Kane was out definitely got Dwayne McBride some more carries. Um, but just through injuries and wear and tear, I think that, that the depth chart might clear itself up. And I do think that the backup running back is going to play a lot more probably than Madison did behind Cook, where he literally would come in for situational times to spell him and series, Mm -hmm. but there was no, like, committee role there. I think that there very well might be some type of committee role now. It is so refreshing that the Vikings are done with this highly paid running back commitment thing. You know, just go in with a, you know, and Alex Madison deserves a chance to get the, the bulk of the carries, but to not feel obligated to... You know, get a guy going or whatever. It's like it, th- that position is no longer about unless you're a Derrick Henry or something in his prime. Like it's no longer about get it, get the guy going, right? right? So I like that they have full freedom and flexibility now in this sort of post Dalvin Cook world. And Dalvin has not signed right. He visited the Jets and he was at practice and they chanted nothing's his happened. name, but nothing's, nothing's happened, yet. happened yet. Nope, nope. And and I would like the Jets do make sense for him, but. Who knows? So Cook's out there. Fournette is still out there. Ezekiel Zeke. Elliott is still unsigned, right? Mm-hmm. But Jonathan like, this Taylor is... just demanded a trade officially. Yeah. So who? So of the backs currently in the league, who would you consider paying? Like a damn Nobody. good contract? No one. None of them. But this, okay. this is the thing. God, I could. We, we got to get to random Viking here because we have a bunch of other stuff to record today. But since we just sure. opened up this conversation. I mean, yeah. This whole cry for like, you know, running backs, you're getting screwed. It's not fair to running backs. It's not fair. This is the most visible competitive sports league in the world. These are multi-billion dollar franchises that are fighting and clawing for inches of competitive advantage. If running backs move the needle for wins and losses, somebody would pony up and pay one of them 15 or 20 million. Like quarterback salaries have gotten completely out of control. Don't yep. you think that the league if there was some conspiracy to like, you know, push down the 
the pay for a position or something. And that's the thing. If you're going to pay running backs more money, then you're going to take money away from another position because it's all within a salary cap structure. Yes. So the, the answer is if you aren't helping the passing game on a dynamic level, then you're probably not going to be as valuable. And that goes for offense and defense. The reason why linebackers are suppressed in value is because they aren't as integral to stopping an opposing team's passing game. They're not edge rushing and sacking quarterbacks, and they're not on an island covering wide receivers. It's not that they're not valuable, but they're not as valuable as the guys that are integral to stopping an opposing team's passing game, right? And same for, like, the offense. A tackle, a quarterback, a wide receiver, a pass-catching tight end are more valuable for chunking yards in the passing game. So I I don't know why people are so confused about this. It sucks if you're a running back well, today because you're kind of getting screwed at the bottom of a market, but I don't know. The problem, too, is like they, they've, you know, I guess met a couple of weeks ago on a Zoom call or something to talk about how can we get the market adjust. It's not going to adjust. You came to an agreement. Again, this is why you, you guys should quit your union because the union agreed to it and quarterbacks get paid, receivers cornerbacks right but this is not like like it's not like the running backs were left out here oh well, let's not talk to them right tight ends can I, can complain too but it's tight ends got to complain too not really though like it's not a union problem it's just it's a position value problem right but the running backs are like how can we get paid more how can you find a way to get us more well your union agreed to in a salary cap league right they agreed to a salary cap and how a team chooses to disperse its payroll or to pay guys is up to them completely. Right, but if there was no So sal- I agree with you. If there was no salary cap, first of all, the league would crumble because teams like the Green Bay Packers and, quite frankly, Minnesota Vikings that don't have... If we all of a sudden were like, all right, now we have... Uh, Cowboys would be really good, though. Re- yeah, well, the Giants. Rev- revenue sharing is no longer what it was, and if you're a small market, you got to figure it out. Sorry. Yes. But... If let's but let's put that aside for a second. If there was no salary cap and it was just go spend as much money as you want on players, running backs would probably make a little more money because like there'd be more money going around. Period. But receivers would spike more and quarterbacks would spike more. So, I guess if you're a running back, I guess you got to learn how to catch passes more frequently. Or well, something. and that's where like that that's where Barkley intrigues me. Now, the fact he tore up his knee what now three years ago uh, probably scares teams. But Saquon Barkley intrigues me because of that. Like, he can catch. But, yes, Dalvin Cook, as he currently is at his best, is not going to or shouldn't break the bank because his skill set isn't good enough. Like, if if you are Derrick Henry and you are Mr. Belcal, right, you're just a big guy that's going to run through people. 1978, that was awesome. But now the paid, your payday is going to stop at some point because your versatility is not enough. Uh, but it does seem like there ha- has been an agreement of let's just suppress the salaries, and I get it. But, again, that goes back to tight ends. Uh, outside of, well, hell, Kelsey is underpaid. Tight ends are not paid n- nearly as much as they probably should be because they're tight ends. It's why, who, who was that about five years ago? Didn't Jimmy Graham at his height try to get reclassified as a wide receiver? I believe for Arbit- for uh for franchise tagging. Right? Yes. And they're like, whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a yeah. second here. So, yeah, and you're I, right. I, where I do disagree, and we can get to random, random Viking is, I don't think there's been, like, a conspiracy meeting behind the scenes that we're going to single out running backs. It's just a natural evolution of the game. Like, it's just, you know, Team C, look at the Vikings. Oh, let's devote a ton of money to Adrian Peterson for all those years and yeah. do what? Win eight games every year? 
it was fun. He was awesome, but yeah. you know, and he ran for two thousand yards once. But anyhow, let's do some random Viking of the week here, presented by our friends over at Livia Judd, helping Purple Daily listeners lose all kinds of weight the last couple of years. Indeed, and here, here's the great news. Look at that guy right there, huh? Forty pounds down. Here is the best news, too. If you want to look like Sports Dad, if you want to drop those excess pounds, if you're tired of uh, clothes that fit you a year ago not fitting now, Livia Days have arrived. That's right, the best deal of the summer. Join today. You're going to get 50% off your personalized program. You're going to lose 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks. You're going to feel great. You're going to start to look great. And guess what? From there, the weight is going to come off. And here's the best part. The dietitians and nutritionists at Livia are going to help you keep that weight off, and that's why they've been voted Minnesota's Best Weight Loss Program year after year. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, inside or outside the state. So if you are a PD fan, let's say in New York City, and you're like, Judd, this program, sound, program sounds great, but I'm not in town, it doesn't matter. It can all be done virtually. Your first step is Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. And of course, as always, tell them the guys from Purple Daily told you to join a program that works. Uh, also, EcoFund has been a great supporter of ours here in 2023 on Purple Daily and across Score North. And they have so many fun toys for you to get into. We've got, these, we've got ATVs, we've got scooters, we've got souped up golf carts, and we've got electric bikes Yamaha, Bentelli, and Scootstar electric bikes are in stock. Take the evil hills out of biking with a new electric bike. You can test ride one at either of the EcoFun stores as well. There's one in Forest Lake off 35, and there's one in Burnsville off 35W and County Road 42. You can check out the inventory at EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFunMotorsports.com and tell them that Purple Daily and or Score North sent you in. Eating better is easy with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. It's time for the random Viking of the week here, gentlemen. Declan has the clues today uh, because Judd pulled a fast one last week and had us stumped for like 10 minutes. I finally guessed Mike Tomlin correctly. We were thinking players. Judd threw a coach at us. It's like the third coach ever on random Viking. So that was my 11th career win. Declan has 28. Judd has 54. Um, and I keep saying that we're going to redo the standings going back to when we started doing a three-way dance here. And I will at some point. But uh, Mike Tomlin, Alex Boone, Robert Tate, Erasmus James, and Tyrell Johnson are the last five random Vikings. Losers out. So Declan has the clues this week. It's Phil versus Judd. Three incorrect guesses each. Uh, if we hit a third, we are eliminated. We can ask Declan questions. He can refuse to answer. It's up to him. All right. This random Viking of the week, I'm going to give you this one right away. 
rushed for 16 touchdowns in his career. 16 rushing touchdowns for this random Viking of the week. I'm just going to do a control F to see if this person, I have a guess. Interesting approach. No, not that person. We already Interesting approach. I love this approach. This is great. No, it's fantastic. The anti-Zolgat. This random Viking of the week was a first-round draft pick. But you didn't say from what team. Very savvy, Declan. Hmm. This random Viking of the week wore the same number for every team he played for. I just searched three different, and we've done all three of them in uh, in in my on my list here. So same num same number every team he played for. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. random Viking of the week appeared in a Super Bowl halftime commercial for Boost Mobile in 2010. It was for the 2009 season, but the Super Bowl played in 2010 of January. Uh, but he appeared in a halftime commercial for Boost Mobile. I don't know if that's still around or not. I don't think it is. The, the game that the Vikings should have been in is what you just said, right? Colt yeah. Saints? Yeah. Bringing up, just basically ripping the scab off for everyone out there. Phil, are you, you going to guess? No, I'm not yet. You're either going to guess or, or, or you're constipated. I couldn't figure out which one. <laughs> it's a little of both right now, Could actually. Yeah. This is a, these are great clues here. Um, first round pick. Hold on a second. So, rush for 16 touchdowns. First round pick. Wow, dude. This random Viking of the week has 41,000 followers on Instagram. He's active, too. He posted just a... A couple weeks ago at the ACC championship with his children, it looks like. He was at uh, Tahoe. Oh, the the uh, golf tournament. I feel like you're throwing us off with something. I feel like there's a... I don't think so, man. I think I'm, I think I'm on it, but I, I can't think of... This random Viking of the week was 6'1", 195 pounds. Okay. Okay. I have a guess. Okay. Let me see if we've if we've done this one before. All right. I feel like I feel like this person rushed for more than sixteen touchdowns, but Donovan McNabb. And <sighs> this random Viking of the week. Head coach Denny Green said he doesn't take crap from anybody when they signed him. They signed this Viking, and they said, Denny said, excuse me, he doesn't take crap from anybody. (laughs) Done that one. I'm just, like, control-effing all these, like... Doesn't (laughs) take crap. This random Viking of the week. We done him too. What? What? 
I'm pretty sure we haven't done this guy. I I did oh, do like a double oh, check. Oh, 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 we've done God. it again. Oh, if I've we've never, done it again, oh, that's great. Whoa, whoa, is that great? Pretty sure. Okay, I will say this. Can you? Do you have the list? Yeah. Can you control F it? It doesn't. I I would say this. If we've done this person, I think we should keep going with the game. Yeah. Because we're all. It's all even. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, right? no, I'm fine. Okay. It's just very controversial when the host when the host isn't quite sure. One laptop is. I expect more from Bob, Bob Barker than this. No, we have not done this random Viking. Okay, okay, okay. I expect more from Carson Daly. That's Regis Philbin. Uh, this random Viking of the week helped lead the Vikings to the playoffs. In his career, he played in ten playoff games, but only. Six of them were starts. This is really good, Declan. This is really good. You're doing great. Lead Vikings to the playoffs. This um, random hold on, hold on. So, oh, oh, oh. Viking of the week was the fifth overall draft pick in his class. Dude, this is insane. Hold on. Okay, so I don't think it's a running back. <laughs> It's not a running back, is it? No, it's not. There's no it's way. Not a running, There's no it's way it's a running, running back. back. It's okay. not a running back. It's just not. Okay. Randall Cunningham. And... Okay. We've already done him, right? I guess we haven't done him, so thank that one for later. <laughs> Randall. Wait, Randall. There's, there's yours when, yeah. when you go next. I do that all the time when, like, you guys guess or we just bring up a name. I always write it down. Like, oh, it'd be a great man. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's a stupid guess. This random Viking of the week won a comeback player of the year award and was a one-time Pro Bowler. The 16 rushing touchdowns thing is fascinating. Um, I don't want to give that one yet. Who was that? Who was after that? So Random Viking of the Week has advocated for medical marijuana in the past and recreational marijuana. I don't think this was the fifth pick, but I'm going to take a guess because he probably didn't rush for a ton of touchdowns, but he definitely rushed at times. Jim McMahon. Ding, 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 ding. Jim McMahon. Dude, it's a great one. Jim McMahon. Dude, dude, that was was bravo Declan Goff. Great job. Bravo Declan Goff. That was good. You know what? Ah. You were inspired by my I was. Casey Blake. I was. Making it was. as weird <laughs> as possible. You made it weird, and I like weird. I, I 100% was inspired by, by Casey Blake. All right, that's really you. good. Any passing that's... stat, really? I mean, nope. you, Phil sniffed out a quarterback pretty quick, and so did then Judd. But... Yeah, no, no, Phil sniffed I out went, the quarterback okay, first. The, I went back. I thought it was Jeff George at first, but we did then Jeff him. George. And then yep. when you were like, oh, we may, may be confusing here. So I knew it was a quarterback, and I didn't go back. I even went. I went as far back as Warren Moon in my mental bank. I didn't think you would go that far back, though. So no, that, that that's where Declan threw a curveball. Yep. yep. Ah, it was right in Judd's right in Judd's wheelhouse, man. Right there. QB. I was gonna say QB wins was a big stat for this guy because he had a ton yep. oh, of yeah. QB wins. Yep. yep. Yeah. No. No question about. And then it. The Super Bowl a- winner. I was gonna say, but two times Super Bowl winner because he won the yeah. backup with the Packers. No, you were um, good. But, yeah, I thought that'd give it away. You know who has a bunch of wins? Finch Home Solutions. Just racking well up done, wins Phil. in people's houses. 
That's because when Cody Finch and his team show up at your home, guess what? You're going to get answers. You're going to get solutions. And most importantly, if it's any electrical Uh issues in your home, you are going to get the problem solved because Finch, Cody and his team, they are problem solvers. They'll come to your house. They'll be quick. They'll be efficient. They will be helpful. And right now, I've actually got an an offer from Finch, talking to Cody this morning, in fact, Um, a free electrical uh, panel inspection. Or one hundred ninety nine dollars off a home, on a home safety inspection. So one hundred ninety nine dollars for a complete home safety inspection from an electrical point of view, or a free electrical panel inspection. If your panel is older than twenty five years, you should most definitely have it checked. Again, Finch is going to get get the job done. It can be huge. It can be rewiring your entire home. Heck, it can be installing an outlet. Call Finch, and they will be at your house in a jiffy. They do great work. And, of course, as always, tell them the guys from Purple Daily sent you. 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com. Easy to fill out form right there. They can take all the information and show up at your house, finchhomesolutions.com, and get any issues taken care of. Mm. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on this Thursday edition of Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.